As we head into a socially distanced holiday weekend, this is Go West Young Podcast, your show about America's parks and public lands. I'm Aaron Weiss, coming to you from the home office outside of Denver. It has been a very busy month for us here at the Center for Western Priorities, which is why the podcast took a little nap for a few weeks. And just like coronavirus, hey, we are back for July, but we never really left, did we? I'm sorry, dark humor, only way I'm getting through right now. Hey, on the show today, we are going to dive into the numbers from our latest Winning the West poll, asking Western voters what they think about conservation issues and what they want to see from candidates this fall. Maybe it's not surprising that the pandemic has made voters even bigger fans of our public lands and the outdoors. But first, a quick news update. The good news first. The Land and Water Conservation Fund is on its way to full permanent funding. The Senate approved that as part of the Great American Outdoors Act, which also funds the park's maintenance backlog. This bill is a very big deal for America's public lands. The Land and Water Conservation Fund was already America's most successful conservation program, even though it's almost never gotten all the money it's supposed to have. If or when the Great American Outdoors Act becomes law, that will truly be a reason to celebrate. That said, the bill should have already been signed by the president, except for a group of Republicans in the House who prevented the act from getting fast-tracked, which would have let the House vote before the July 4th holiday. Instead, the bill will have to go through floor debate, which means it is now on track for the end of this month. So don't pop the champagne just yet, but things are looking good there. And to go along with that one piece of great news from June, there is a whole lot of bad. I'm just reading down our monthly news summary that went out to our Look West email subscribers. In June alone, here we go, President Trump signed an order waiving environmental reviews for infrastructure projects, even for oil pipelines. The president slashed protections for fish in marine national monuments off the Atlantic coast. He reduced protections for migratory birds. He confirmed his plans to gut the National Environmental Policy Act and he finalized weaker air quality standards for offshore oil drilling. And then Interior Secretary David Bernhardt oversaw the gassing of peaceful protesters in Lafayette Square in order to facilitate a photo op for the Bible-clutching president, and Bernhardt went all in to defend statues celebrating the Confederacy. And then to top all of that off, President Trump nominated public lands extremist William Perry Pendley to officially run the Bureau of Land Management. We have talked a whole lot about why Pendley is completely unqualified for this job. Just as a refresher, Pendley doesn't think the American people should own public lands at all. He has spent his entire career arguing for the sell-off of public lands and litigating to undermine the Land Management Bureau he has been the de facto head of for the last year. On top of that, Pendley says the entire Black Lives Matter movement is, quote, Based on a lie, and just a few weeks before Bernhardt picked him to run the Bureau of Land Management, Pendley wrote a horrifically homophobic and transphobic column in the Washington Examiner that called educational programs about gender identification, quote, brainwashing. Now, the question that I don't have an answer to is, why now? Nominating Pendley right now is going to put a number of senators in a very tough spot. Cory Gardner, we've already seen ducking and weaving in an interview with Colorado Public Radio this week. Lisa Murkowski, the chair of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, says she will hold a hearing on Pendley's nomination as quickly as possible, and even she won't say how she will vote. 
Joe Manchin, the ranking Democrat on the committee and the most moderate Democrat in the Senate, is already a hard no. So in other words, Pendley's nomination does not appear to be a done deal at this point. And because of who is on that committee, President Trump just inserted William Perry Pendley into three of the most high-profile Senate races in the country, Colorado, Montana, and Arizona. I don't know what's going to happen at the confirmation hearing, but I guarantee we will be watching. Our guest this week is pollster Brian Gottlieb, who just released the second round of our Winning the West 2020 polling, which gives us and candidates across the West an incredibly detailed look at what voters think about public lands and conservation issues. Brian has worked in public policy and polling for more than two decades. He is also a familiar voice. If you've been listening to this podcast for a few years, Brian, welcome back. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And we'll also welcome back the executive director at the Center for Western Priorities, Jennifer Rokola. Thanks, Aaron. And thanks, Brian, for joining us today. Absolutely. So, Brian, let's start with the elephant in the room. Polling during a pandemic that has changed America. Uh, What did you and Jen as well, what did you want to find out about COVID-19 and how that affects what voters are thinking right now? Well, there, you know, there's a lot going on in the country right now. Uh, it, some of it is related to COVID, some of it is not. So it was a really interesting time to be in the field. Um, we were in the field for um, basically the whole first part of June. Um, and it really was, uh, I think, important during this election year to find out if, if these outside factors, including COVID um, and, and people staying home during the pandemic, being quarantined and such, uh, how that affected their views on on issues that were um, not necessarily directly related to to COVID, um, and then how those issues might then affect their their vote come November. Because believe it or not, we still have an election in November. I was going to say, Aaron, I would add that I wanted to see, you know, our public lands and issues around conservation, were they going to be more important uh, to voters or less important as people are dealing with both the economic impact of COVID-19 and also obviously the health impact. Um, So I think these results are really interesting. And I should just add, Brian, you mentioned this was in the field for for the better part of two weeks. This is a very large poll. We're talking more than 2,500 voters. Absolutely. We had had a a pretty substantial sample size in each of the states. So um, uh, most of the states, we did about 600 and then the smaller states, we did uh, either 500 or, or 400. Um, so it's a it's a very robust sample, and we're able to to look at the um, at the numbers uh, um, statistically based on each state as well as the the overall uh, region. And when we looked at the region, we actually weighted the states down so that um, they they are they represent their correct proportion to their population of that region overall. So this is a public lands podcast. We have talked in the past uh, about how public lands have been affected by this pandemic, especially our national parks. But this poll is really our first look at how public lands issues fit into that picture within voters' minds, Brian. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. So the um, we asked a number of questions about um, COVID-19 and how it relates to uh, to public lands. And we, we, we have some pretty interesting results. So first of all, um, a question that's in the top of everybody's mind is, is when 
um, when should parks and public lands uh, reopen and, and how? And uh, so we, we gave um, voters three options. Um, parks should remain closed until all risk from the virus is gone or that they should uh, reopen cautiously while restricting access to areas that see large crowds, or um, reopen as soon as possible, allowing visitors to enjoy the outdoors at their own risk. And what we, we found was that, uh, that voters uh, want to see, um, see parks open uh, cautiously. So, you know, that sort of that balanced approach that, that we've become known for in, uh, in the Winning the West campaign. Um, the, they're, they're looking to reopen cautiously with some restrictions, 58%, only 12% want, it, want parks to remain closed, and less than a third, 27%, say that um, parks should reopen as soon as possible. Um, and then as we, as we look into some other questions um, as to whether or not, for example, whether or not uh, voters think it's actually possible to safely socially distance while also participating in outdoor activities on public lands, things like walking or hiking, biking or fishing, 54% um, strongly agree that that's possible and 40% agree. So that's 94% that's overall agree with that. That's, that's, a, that's an incredibly strong result. And, and so, you know, we know from another question when we, we asked an open-ended question, what people are looking forward to do when it's safe to go outside, um, and and act, a lot of these outdoor activities were listed, so the people are just definitely um, waiting for their their chance to 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 get outside and participate in uh, outdoor activities. And we did ask specifically about masks, which Man. somehow have become yeah. a political issue during during all of this. And I thought that it was a really interesting answer that that we got out of that. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of interesting. So the question that we asked was. Um, as parks, trails, and other outdoor spaces reopen to the public, many social distancing practices are still in place, including wearing face coverings or masks when in areas with lots of people. And it, it asks, do you, do you basically do you agree or disagree that face coverings or masks be required to enter parks, trails, or trailheads when other people are around? And 40% um, strongly agree, 29% um, somewhat agree, 13% somewhat disagree and 16% strongly disagree. So for, for, for me to consider a result to be strong, I like to see at least 30% in either that strongly agree category or the strongly disagree category. And we're clearly uh, 10 points over that 30% at 40% strongly agree. So at 69% agree, that's a really strong result um, for people um, willing to wear masks uh, and wanting masks to be required at parks when other people are around. Now, what about coronavirus relief, both for small businesses and also for energy, oil and gas and, and coal companies? Yeah, so um, small business relief is, uh, well, coronavirus relief um, and, and stimulus. We asked a number of, uh, of questions about that. Um, and what we found was that overall companies like uh, uh, related to oil and gas and mining and, and coal, those kinds of large companies, energy companies, pe people tended to um, oppose um, uh, stimulus dollars going to those companies. Um, coal companies, for example, 55% uh, opposed, 32% uh, 
support. And, and that's pretty similar to what we saw in oil and gas, for example, was 56% opposed to 34% support. But when you, you look at other companies that people have, can relate to a little more, uh, they're more maybe more considered local companies uh, in, in, uh, in the West and important directly to that local Western economy. Um, com- companies or industries like the outdoor outdoor recreation industry or outdoor recreation companies is how we asked it. 66% of uh, likely voters support stimulus dollars going to, to help them and only 25% oppose. And then Western-related uh, tourism companies, um, 61% support uh, stimulus dollars going there and only 30% oppose. And then um, we asked uh, about small businesses affected by canceled events because the West is known for all kinds of, um, of cool events in the summer. Some things like uh, the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, um, 72% um, support um, providing stimulus dollars to small businesses affected by those kinds of canceled events, only 21% opposed. So Jen, were you surprised at that dichotomy that Western voters see a difference uh, in terms of where relief money should be going? You know, it did not surprise me at all. In fact, you know, in our previous polls, we've seen the uh, favorable and unfavorable uh, impression of the oil and gas, coal and mining industries that 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 Western voters tend to have a negative impression of those industries. So the fact that they don't want uh, oil and gas, mining and coal industries to get uh you know, stimulus help during the COVID uh, pandemic. That didn't surprise me at all. In fact, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that they wanted to see small businesses get relief. Um, you know, this administration has put their thumb on the scale for the, you know, the energy industry in a way that I think uh, Western voters are just tired of the favoritism for this ener- for the energy industry by this administration. Brian, what about environmental protections? Uh, did we see voters thinking that there's a need to start loosening enforcement or loosening existing protections in order to keep businesses going? Yeah, so we asked a, a, a couple of questions uh, related to, to that issue as well. Um, and, and overall, uh, Western voters oppose uh, 60% to, to 31% um, loosening uh, environmental rules. Um, the question was, uh, during the pandemic, the federal government has approved many regulatory reforms that lift environmental protections. For example, the administration loosened air quality standards for offshore drilling, allowed an expansion of new mining operations on public lands, and proposed removing penalties on energy companies for harming birds and oil spills. And then we asked whether they supported or opposed that. And, and uh, again, 60% opposed, 31 percent um, support but more importantly the intensity is on is on the side of public lands with 40 percent strongly opposing it so it's a it's a strong result um, we, we need to be careful here uh, on these questions because what's kind of interesting here is the Democrats uh, are at 80 percent support um, or I mean 80 percent um, oppose and independents are at 66 percent oppose. Um, Republicans are the, are the opposite. They're at 57% support. Um, and overall, Republicans have been just historically in favor of, um, of, of loosening up regulation uh, in favor of helping business. 
Um, and, and, and that makes sense. And on, on a question like this, that's a little bit more broad, I think you'll see Republican support. But when you, when you start to get to more specific proposals, like uh, in, in, in last year's poll, when we talked about increasing mining efforts near, near the Grand Canyon, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see Republicans looking at specific uh, proposals and, uh, and, and opposing those, uh, more likely to oppose those. So let's talk about policy specifics. Uh, and this is the, these are the kinds of things that we have asked about in previous Winning the West polling, not necessarily specific to the coronavirus. But one of the things that I was most curious about is this 30 by 30 plan to protect 30% of American land and water by the end of the decade. We've talked about this with Senator Tom Udall, who is one of the sponsors of the, the plan, the originator of the plan in the Senate. And this is a big, bold number. You might, I might at first think that something as large as this could be controversial or fall along party lines. As it turns out, 30 by 30 is not the case. There did, was, did not seem to be a big partisan divide there, Brian. Um, correct. So overall, um, the, uh, the voters supported 30 by 30, uh, 75% to 15%. Uh, opposing. And if you look at the, the partisan um, numbers, uh, you got 89% of Democrats supporting uh, this proposal, only 6% oppose. 75% of independents, only 9% oppose. And then 62% of Republicans support to only 23% opposing. The numbers are a little different when you look across the parties, um, but it's definitely uh, well over 50% in terms of Republican support. Where you see the difference is really in the intensity. So mm -hmm. Democrats um, are, in terms of their strongly support, they're at 62% they're at strongly support, whereas Republicans are at 24% strongly support, which still is is uh, is not too shabby, really. You're, it's, you're getting uh, close to that 30 point you're getting you're, talking about. you're getting close definitely getting close mm -hmm. but it's not nearly as intense as uh, as the democratic numbers but it's definitely showing support absolutely jen what's your take on what what do numbers like that mean for the future of 30 by 30 well i think those numbers are terrific and the fact that there is bipartisan support for a plan like 30 by 30 which is bold uh shows that voters uh in the west really value um, protection of public lands, access to public lands. And this is, you know, this is not just federal public lands, national public lands, but it's also state parks and local parks and just, you know, the need for Westerners to, they feel the need to get outdoors. And so, uh, you know, I think this is, a, you know, I, my hope is that policymakers will look at these results um, and say, you know, you know, we can go big, uh, that this is a great opportunity uh, to, to, to protect more for future generations. We, we just this month saw the Great American Outdoors Act pass through the Senate, big bipartisan vote. Uh, there are two parts of that bill. One is addressing the park's maintenance backlog. One is the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which we've talked about a whole lot on here. Uh, Brian, you asked about both of those issues separately, not as one bill, because we didn't want to get in the weeds. Uh, but as it turns out, just like we saw in the Senate, those are two other truly bipartisan issues now. Absolutely. Um, increasing funding for maintenance and infrastructure on public lands 
um, is is definitely a bipartisan issue. Um, re Republicans use the parks and public lands uh, just as much as everybody else, and and so they want to see um, they want to see um, the, the, their public lands well maintained uh, as well. The, the overall result on that was seventy nine percent support to uh, uh, sorry. 12% uh, oppose on, on increasing funding for maintenance and infrastructure on public land. So really um, just a, a very strong result across the board. Brian, you're a pollster who works in all sorts of spaces, not just conservation, of course. How, when you see gaps that big between support and opposition, do, do you see numbers like that on, on other issues or is, is this truly you special in America today when you see consensus like that? Well, there, those issues are, they're becoming uh, fewer and fewer of those issues out there as, as the parties become more and more polarized and partisan. Um, and, but there, there are some, you know, special places where, uh, where the parties can get together. Um, and this is one of them. Uh, public, public lands is definitely a place where uh, an issue where, um, where, uh, re Republicans and Democrats can can come together at least at least as voters and agree on on what's important to them and on, on what's important to the future of the country. Um, we'll see, you know, on on other issues where where things go, um, but this is definitely um, a, a bright light out there. That's uh, that's really really nice to see, especially in in these times. Jen, how do you see the results of this poll? playing into what we will see from candidates as we head uh, towards November? Well, I think uh, as we've seen, as we run the Winning the West campaign over the last four years, I think we've seen more and more candidates running for public office in the West, you know, really leaning into uh, their positions on these issues, whether it's, you know, more national monuments, you know, full funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund. I think they've realized that this is what voters want to hear about. Uh, and so you're seeing candidates, uh, you know, put, put public lands and conservation, you know, into their top tier issues. So my, I anticipate that we're going to see a lot of uh, TV ads, if you've got a competitive race in your state, uh, that highlight the position of public lands and conservation and in conservation funding. Yeah, I just want to add to that a little bit. I mean, we've asked in in a number of these polls, why, what's the number one reason why why you live in the West? You know, what 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 is important to you? Why do you live there? And it's all about the outdoors. It's all about the the mountains and the open spaces and 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 access to public lands and and all of those things. The ability to participate in outdoor activities on a regular basis. That's why people live there in these in these great states. And, um, and and it really, that's why these issues are, are, are nonpartisan in, in a sense because, or bipartisan in a sense, because um, both parties agree that the, the outdoors is, um, is, a great, is a great place to spend time with family and friends, and, and uh, they want to preserve it for future generations. Brian, let me ask you, if a campaign calls you up, and maybe this is a different answer if it's a Republican campaign calling you up versus a Democratic campaign calling you up. If they call you up and say, all right, what's the one slide, what's the one result in here my candidate needs to pay attention to? What are you going to tell them? Well, um, I, think, I think it's important to look at, um, 
at the questions that talk about the the different candidates. So we have one candidate that's that's sort of a, a more more of a pro um, energy and development candidate versus somebody who's more of a of a balanced approach sort of candidate. Um, and and year after year in these in these polls, when we when we test this question or versions of this question, we see that the the balanced approach, the balanced candidate, uh, comes out on top uh, consistently. Um, and in this case, fifty five percent chose the balanced candidate to only seventeen percent choosing the 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 pro development, pro oil and gas development candidate. But more importantly, if it's a Republican candidate coming to me, um, it, it, a lot of times, um, as we saw with like loosening regulations, for example, before you would see the Republican result is is opposite. Well, uh, in in this case, the Republican result is actually split. Hmm. So the they're not oh, the Republicans are not overwhelmingly going towards the the uh, pro development candidate. And we know from a lot of these other questions, thirty by thirty is an example. The Land and Water Conservation Fund is. is example that, that um, Republicans are, are are very supportive of um, of pro public lands um, legislation and proposals other initiatives so um, the balance in uh, for when it comes to the in, the environment on public lands environmental issues related to public lands uh, balance wins the day and that's what I would tell that's what I would tell a Republican candidate absolutely Jen final thoughts you know, I think, uh, you know, when we started this campaign four years ago, we just wanted to make sure candidates running for office in the West knew that they were uh, missing an opportunity if they weren't talking to voters about these issues. And I think in the last four years, we've just seen these issues become more and more important. And so we hope that candidates running this year uh, in the five states where we polled, and I think throughout the West, will will really t- spend some time with these uh, numbers and uh, use this information uh, to to talk to voters because I think there's some really great information in here, and it's certainly an opportunity for uh, these candidates to connect with voters in their states. All right. Well, we will see how this plays out between now and November. I have a sneaking feeling we will be back with a post-election spectacular uh, <laughs> in uh, in mid-November to uh, to see how all this shook out. Brian Gottlieb, pollster with Gottlieb Strategic Research. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And Jen, I'm sure we will see you around the podcast very soon. Thanks, Aaron. We're going to wrap up with one more news item from the last month. The House Select Committee on the Climate Crisis released a huge 500-page report laying out a framework for how the U.S. can and really must lead the world on combating climate change. One of the key components in that report is protecting 30% of America's land and water by the end of the decade, or as we call it here, 30 by 30. We've talked about 30 by 30 before with Senator Tom Udall, who is the author of the 30 by 30 resolution in the Senate. But what was missing from that conversation, I think, was a clear, concise explanation of why it is so important to protect land and water and how it fits into this broader climate conversation. So I called up Senator Udall and Dr. Enrique Sala, who's a biologist and explorer in residence at the National Geographic Society. I took my conversations with them and turned that into an explainer video with some fabulous illustrations from our old CWP colleague, Lucy Livesay. 
There's a link to the whole video in the show notes. You should go watch it and please share it with all your friends. But here's just the audio from it, because I think these four minutes do as good a job as you will hear explaining both the scientific and policy basis behind 30 by 30. My name is Enric Sala, and I am National Geographic Explorer in Residence. I work to save wild places, to restore the richness and productivity of our natural world. I'm Senator Tom Udall from New Mexico. I'm the author of the 30 by 30 resolution to save nature. We have transformed half of the inhabitable land, cutting forests for farms, grazing, and cities. We're losing a football field's worth of nature every 30 seconds. We have replaced wildlife with our domesticated livestock. We have killed 90% of the large fish in the ocean. People have already heard a lot about the threat posed by climate change, but we hear less about the nature crisis. The truth is we have to solve one to solve the other. They can't be separated. We've been able to see the decline of nature around us because of the work of thousands of scientists working across the world over many years, collecting data on everything from temperature to abundance of species. We're in the middle of a sixth mass extinction. Human beings continue to destroy nature at a devastating rate. Between our assault on biodiversity and global warming, we are destroying our life support system. Humanity is deeply reliant on Mother Nature for our way of life. The extinction of one species has profound ripple effects that can alter industries, economies, global health, and security. Imagine a world without bees to pollinate crops or fungi to derive new life-saving medicines from. There is nothing more urgent, in my opinion. Scientists like Dr. Sala tell us we need to protect 30% of the land and water by 2030 and continue at that pace to save nature. If we don't meet this goal by the end of the decade, it's going to be too late. Everything that we will not preserve by 2030 probably will be lost forever. I don't mean to be an alarmist, but being bold is really our only option. I've introduced a bill in the Senate. It's called the 30 by 30 resolution to save nature. It sets a goal for the nation of protecting 30% of our land and water by 2030 with half protected by mid-century. Then there are a variety of policies we can undertake to achieve that goal. New national monuments, wilderness areas, and other protections, establishing wildlife corridors, these corridors will protect biodiversity and species habitat. Reforestation efforts, 30 by 30 is about protecting the best and also restoring the rest. The good news is that when we give nature space, she can bounce back spectacularly and continue providing for us. I have seen places in the ocean that were degraded, that were dead, come back in just a few years after protecting them from our activities. The only way we'll get there is if the American people continue to organize like they have been, to show their leaders that they won't accept anything less than bold action to save our planet. Nature is much more resilient than we think. Nature has this spectacular ability to bounce back if we just give her a little space. If we get to 30 by 30, we can save our planet and make sure our children have a livable world. 
we can live in better harmony with nature. Because protecting the planet at the end of the day means protecting humanity. And there you go. Another episode of Go West Young Podcast. Thanks again to Brian Gottlieb for his polling insights. We will be back in time for Latino Conservation Week later in July. In the meantime, please go have a safe, distant 4th of July. Get outside, but wear that mask at the trailhead or restrooms. I'm Aaron Weiss. On behalf of Jennifer Rokola and the whole team at the Center for Western Priorities, happy Independence Day. <laughs>